Welcome back to the 180 Podcast. I'm excited that you're listening to this and just overjoyed with how the response has been to this podcast. I know that looking at the numbers, um, it's not very impressive about how many people are listening to this. I think we average about 20 or 30 people um, that, that listen to this weekly, and I do apologize for not having a message for you last week. Um, but I'm super encouraged by the many of you that came up Sunday evening after my sermon and told me that you were listening to the podcast, that you were praying for our teenagers, and that you were getting something out of it. So those of you that came up, thank you so much. And if you've been listening to this, um, I really do pray that this is an encouragement to you. Um, this is something that if you're a parent of a teenager, I think that you'll be able to better communicate to your teenager and understand them. And just as a whole, even if you don't have kids, I think this um, these scriptures that we're going through, these, these ideas um, that we're talking about, um, can be an extreme benefit. I know they've been a benefit to my life. So on Wednesday night, when I preached this message, uh, it was kind of rushed. So I am re-recording this in my office. Uh, we were playing some games on Wednesday night that were a lot of fun. I wish I was able to share uh, a video recording of the games that we played with you because it was hilarious. Uh, we played Speech Jammer which if you've never played that, you need to try. If you have like a family gathering or something coming up, it is an awesome game, and uh, that is just hilarious to see teenagers or anybody try to read something um, with Speech Jammer. You can Google that. It's really hilarious. And we also played Box of Lies, which is featured on Jimmy Fallon's show. Um, that was just a ton of fun. And I get so caught up in the fun of the game sometimes that I lose, tra lose track of time. Uh, so I had one of our teen workers come up, and lead us in prayer while I tried to get mic'd up, and it just honestly wasn't a great recording, so I figured that I would just uh, record it in my office really quick and go over some of the main points with you guys and just share really the the gist of the message um, on Wednesday night. Uh, the scripture that we talked about is from John 10, chap uh, John chapter number 10, verse number 10. It says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And obviously that's speaking of Christ, that he is coming, uh, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. I think it's extremely important in our Christian lives to realize that Satan also has a purpose for our life. And the thief, speaking of Satan, cometh not, so he's only coming for one reason, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, why Christ has this amazing purpose and this amazing plan for your life, Satan has a plan for your life as well. And Satan knows exactly where the pressure points, the, the, the things that he could push on in your life, your buttons that he can push to make you stumble into sin, to make your life uh, lack meaning and purpose. Satan knows exactly where to push. And a good example of that is Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, Satan knew exactly the questions to ask to make them doubt. Satan knew exactly the time to tempt them. Satan is smart, uh, and he is a thief that has his plans planned out. He is a burglar of your joy, of your meaning, and of your purpose. And I want you to realize that if we're not careful in our Christian lives, Satan is the thief that's going to come and steal these things away. So, But Christ has come to to make us have life, and that we might have a life that is more abundant. May I just say this at the beginning, a life without meaning is impossible to live. A life without meaning is impossible to live. What do I mean by that? Uh, we've talked several times, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'll explain it briefly, about how purpose, in my mind, is a mountain. 
and we are climbing Mount Purpose our whole Christian life. Uh, we're searching for what God has for us to do in our lives, and we're climbing that mountain, and we are just hard at work for what God wants us to do, or, or prayerfully we're doing that. And first of all, this message isn't going to mean a whole lot to you if you're not already following God's purpose for your life. So if you're not already in the profession that he has for you, if you're not already doing it and you're in the place where God has you to be, this message might not mean a whole lot, but the first point will, so stick around um, at least for that. But a life without meaning is impossible to live. Meaning uh, related to purpose is kind of like the waterfalls along the mountain. Uh, they're the reason that we do the hike in the first place. They're the reason that we um, are trying to accomplish that pur purpose in the first place is because we're trying to find meaning. Uh, we want to find the meaning knowing that we're giving God glory. We want to find the meaning knowing uh, that what we're doing actually is making a difference. So meaning are those waterfalls and the waterfall at the top of the mountain where we're able to sit back relax and know that what we've been doing and kind of look around at God's purpose and know that what we're doing actually is making a difference. Tom Brady, the famous quarterback, which those that live in Indianapolis hate. I'm actually a Patriots fan. Uh, don't hit pause and just throw away this podcast now, but I'm actually a Patriots fan, not a diehard. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. That's why I root for the Patriots. Um, I rarely watch, but I kind of keep up with their record and stuff. But uh, a few years ago, when uh, Tom Brady only had three um, Super Bowl wins, uh, three Super Bowl rings, he was on 60 Minutes. In an interview session, they uh, he, he mentioned that, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me, end quote. Um, Tom Brady, through this interview, struggled with the fact that he had extreme accomplishments and now has double the accomplishments he had then, but he dealt with this lack of meaning. He, he later said, hey man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think there's got to be something more than this. I mean, this isn't it, is it? This can't be what it's all cracked up to be. The interview asked him, what's the answer? He said, I wish I knew. If you watch Tom Brady, he is not a person filled with meaning. Uh, they had a 10-2 and record, I believe, their last game uh, that they lost. And actually, after a 10-1 and win, they had just won and they were at 10-1. and And Tom Brady was extremely frustrated in his interview and just had a lack of meaning. Um, I showed a video to our teenagers of a uh, quarterback for the Jaguars. Uh, and uh, he is a Christian. And I would encourage you to look up that video and... Uh, I, I'll insert his name maybe in this post or something like that, but the video is quite amazing how he is talking about after an injury, still putting his faith in Christ and knowing that God has a purpose for it all, but it's a very wonderful video. Maybe I'll leave a link to it uh, whenever I post this video. We can find meaning without success in life. Um, if we look at meaning as success, I think we're actually going to live a very sad life. Um, and let, let's look at some of the different ways that we find meaning that don't necessarily relate to success in our life. I actually think there's three different kinds of meaning that we experience in life. This is why I say it's impossible for you to experience meaning because number one, you have inherent meaning. You have inherent meaning. You are, you are a creation of God. Therefore, you have meaning. And God actually has an overarching uh, plan for everyone. 
Uh, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God has a meaning. God has a purpose for your life, even if you're not a Christian. God wants you to become a Christian. Uh, God is not willing that you should perish. God is not willing that you should go to hell. God created you. God knows you. And God loves you. 1 John 4.10 says, Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins or the replacement, the atonement for our sins. Jeremiah 29.11, speaking of Israel, but also um, relating to us, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It is of the Lord's mercies that you are breathing and your heart is pumping blood through your body at this moment. God knows you. God sees you. God is with you and you have meaning. God's got a purpose for your life. And as I discussed a couple weeks with our teenagers, I was actually at the bedside of a young man who saw no meaning and no purpose in his life that was obviously contemplating suicide after he was to leave the hospital. And the one thing I had to tell him was the only thing that God impressed on my life to tell him is that you are alive for a reason. God created you, God loves you, and you are alive for for a reason. Meaning is inherent. You inherent. You have meaning. You were born loved and cherished by God. And by placing your faith in him, you can have a relationship with him today. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a Christian, you somehow stumbled upon this, uh, you need to put your faith in Christ. Christ loves you. Christ died for you. He died for all of your sins. And go to our church website. We actually have some scriptures there. Faithbaptistchurch.com is our website. And I encourage you to go there and look on the different tabs. There's one tab that deals with the matter of salvation there. Also, not only is meaning inherent, we're, we're all born with meaning, but these are three different kinds of meaning. So secondly, meaning can be received. And that's the kind of receiving I was just talking about. Uh, receiving Christ is simply putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a Christian listening to this, don't worry. The third point is the one I'll take the most time on, and it pertains to you. Second Peter 3, 9, I've already... Um, talked about this for a moment. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Meaning is received in the person of Jesus Christ himself. Um, if you're lacking meaning in your life, the third point is going to discuss some practical ways you can gain meaning, but if you're lacking an overarching meaning in your life, um, remember your faith in Christ. Remember that Christ died for your sins. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, let take comfort in this verse. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, what a comfort that we find meaning in receiving the grace of of Jesus Christ himself. That is the ultimate meaning that you will find in this life. Revel in your salvation. Focus on Christ. And if you get discouraged, you're lacking meaning in your life, uh, there's a few practical things you could do, but the overarching thing that you should do is to remember your testimony. Remember the time that you placed your faith in Christ, because that is the ultimate meaning that we find in life. However, that is just the start 
of your life. That is just the start of your purpose-driven life that you can find in Christ. Meaning, thirdly, is also achieved. We've talked about two kinds of meaning, and don't get me wrong and don't confuse this. Our ultimate meaning is found in the person of Jesus Christ. However, our living meaning, that that day-to-day meaning that we sometimes lack as Christians... Um, is also found in Christ, but there's some things that we do on a daily basis that might be blocking that meaning. Uh, sure, uh, you have meaning because whose you are, but you can still lack a sense of meaning if you aren't fulfilling your purpose to its greatest extent and you aren't living a life that is focused on Christ. You will only get meaning by focusing on Christ and following His purpose for your life and repeating. Now, you might say, Pastor Scotty, I am living God's purpose for my life, but I'm not finding meaning in that purpose. And Christian, just to be honest with you, I've been there before. And I was pretty honest with our teenagers last night, uh, a couple nights ago in youth group. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Uh, God has called me to Faith Baptist Church. God has called me to be the youth pastor of Faith Baptist Church. I am exactly where God wants me to be. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon because I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be in my life. And I am fulfilling my purpose every day when I go into the office, every day when I visit a teenager, every day uh, when I preach behind the podium in Sunday school and in Wednesday night and I talk to my teenagers, I know that I am fulfilling my purpose for my life. But if I'm honest with you, there have been times in my life where I've, I've lacked the meaning within the purpose. I've been climbing the mountain, but I've not seen the waterfall. Uh, there's been nights where I go into youth group and I don't want to preach. Uh, there, there's been days when I go into the office and, and I don't have any motivation to, to be a youth pastor. Uh, th- there's been times where I've got no meaning in it. And just to be honest, and if you're honest with yourself, there's been times like that in your life where you're not depressed Uh, You're not going through something emotionally, but you just lack a sense of meaning in what you're doing. And I've taken a long look at this, and I've I've looked at a couple things that block meaning in our life. And here's a couple things that block meaning. First of all is sin. Sin separates us from God's best and leads us into Satan's traps for our life. I think David is the perfect example for this. That great uh, king of Israel, uh, David, who who proved himself um, and, and was that, that great leader of Israel after Saul. He's a wonderful example of someone who did God's general purpose for his life, but often lacked meaning. We often don't discuss this side of David's story. We, we mention his sin with Bathsheba and how great that sin was. But I think that the reason he committed that sin is because of a lot of other sin in his life. I think he was lacking meaning in his life and he was grasping for meaning outside of God's purpose while he was trying to live God's purpose. And David looked for meaning in a place which he shouldn't. And that was a sexual relationship with a woman named Bathsheba. And obviously, you know the story, David committed that sin and then he uh, went into greater areas of sin and even committed murder uh, by telling his men to go murder Bathsheba's husband by putting him at the front of the battle. Uh, That very same David, however, that same David that committed this great sin is the very same David that in Psalm 23 uh, focused on God and called him the great shepherd and said, my cup flow, my cup runneth over. Uh, That same David uh, that committed that great sin was also able, when he focused on God, 
to realize that when he was focused on God, doing God's purpose, reading his Bible, praying every day, living for God, that God gave him more than enough. But Satan is the thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Know this, that you can be living God's purpose for your life, and one day you're living it, you're focusing on God, but a week later you can be far from God. This is not the time in your Christian life to take your foot off the gas pedal. This is not the time to to look back on your Christian life and say, you know what, I've been doing pretty good, I'm just going to call it good enough. No, Christian, your whole life is a pursuing of God and His best and His purpose for your life. Never let up. Don't skip a day of your devotions. Don't skip a day of your prayer life. Go hard after God and don't let sin get in there. The second barrier to meaning that we find in our life is settling for second best in our life. I love the quote, Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. God wants the very, very best for you. And you may say, you know what, I'm I'm pursuing God's purpose for my life and I think I'm doing God's best. But maybe what you're doing in your life right now, and maybe you're 40 years old. A good example of this, I think, is Pastor Wall, who was called to ministry later in his life. He realized that God had a different purpose for, for his life and that he, unless he, and Pastor Wall, he might not say this publicly, um, but he took a major pay cut by doing that. Um, he took a, a major pay cut by stepping out of a field where he was very successful um, and was the manager of a huge greenhouse, manager of their sales, and was making a great salary, had a free house that he was living in um, by that greenhouse, stepped out of that into ministry where he now finds purpose and meaning. Look, don't substitute God's purpose in your life for what you think might be better. Um, things that in your life that you might think will will gain the most joy, you will gain the most purpose by, those are the things that you should be doing. If you're on fire for God and you think, you know what, God wants me to do this with my life, that is exactly what you're doing. Don't settle for second best. Now with my teenagers, I described don't settle for second best on your college choice or your um, uh, dating relationships. Man, many teenagers, they say, well, well this girl or this guy uh, they're probably not going to be my wife, but I'm going to date them anyway. Oh man, how many issues do I deal with there? And how many issues do you parents that are listening to this deal with there? Don't settle for second best. God's not going to honor that. God wants to give you the exact purpose that he has for your life. So we've discussed two things, and I think there's probably more that we could think of that block meaning in our life. But here's some things that ultimately bring meaning to your life. And these are things that aren't specific to ministry. You don't have to be a pastor to experience these things. These are things that inside of God's purpose for your life, which you may be a welder, you may be a school teacher, you may be um, a stay-at-home mom, and that's God's purpose for your life, and that's wonderful. You can have meaning by doing these things, and these are general things that you do along with God's purpose in your life that bring meaning. First of all, serve others. Christ came to this earth to serve others, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom of many. We could sit here for hours and talk about biblical examples of people that served others and lived a great life doing things simply for the pleasure and for the good of other people. First Peter 4.10, as every man hath received the gift 
Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards as the man of the manifold grace of God. That's pertaining to ministry, but look at Acts 20.35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said is more blessed to give than to receive. 1 Peter 4, uh, verse no, number 11, as uh as good stewards minister, that's a verse I've already read, but as good stewards minister the manifold grace of God. Galatians five thirteen through 14. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. A life that is in service to others is a life that ultimately has meaning. If you're a Christian, and you want to find meaning, you say, you know what, I'm lacking meaning, I need to do something, you need to go volunteer at the mission. Uh, You need to find someone in your life, maybe they're a member of Faith Baptist Church, that you say, you know what, there's a need there, and I am going to serve that need. I don't know about you, but I find the most joy and the most meaning simply in service of others. If you're lacking meaning, it might be that you're selfish. If you're lacking a purpose in your life, it might mean that you're trying to serve yourself. And look, if you live your life serving yourself, you're going to be a sad individual because the service of others is where the joy and the meaning in your life is found. Secondly, how do we find meaning? We be kind. Look, be kind. Some of the happiest people I know are the most kind people I know. When I think of people in our church, I think of Miss Tidball. Uh, Miss Tidball, every time I see her, has such a big smile, is one of the happiest people I know, but I know that she is happy and she is one of the most kind people I know. And, and she lives her life in service to other people and she is so, so kind. And you can tell that her being kind to others energizes her and she finds great meaning and joy in that. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearting, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Look, be kind to people. It will bring kindness into your life. It'll bring meaning into your life. It'll bring you a sense of fulfillment. Luke 6.35, but love ye But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Look, aren't you glad that Christ is kind even unto the unthankful? You may say, how do I be kind to my kids? And I'm speaking more to the parents now because I know that's the majority of you listen to this podcast. How am I I supposed to be the nicest person in the world to my kids when they're so unthankful? thankful. Man, I think about my time as a kid when my mom was so nice to me and I was such a little punk. I remember us going to SeaWorld one time. My mom took us, uh, all three of us kids to SeaWorld one time and my dad wasn't there or anything, uh, but my mom took us to SeaWorld and you could tell that she had spent a lot of money on this trip. SeaWorld was where you kind of go uh, when you don't have the money for Disney, right? So uh, my, my mom was a nurse and she spent all of her money on us kids and all of us, all of her money on the bills. And I, I don't remember if she was a single mom at this point or not, but you could tell that this trip cost her a lot of money. And I remember us eating inside of SeaWorld and I think I had like chicken tenders or a cheeseburger or something. And I remember complaining about my food. And I remember my mom looking at me and kind of not being upset, but being so disappointed and tears started to flow down her eyes. And she asked me the question, don't you realize I'm doing this for you? 
Man, as a kid, I will never forget that because I was so unthankful while my mom was being so kind to me. As a Christian, every time we see unthankful people, we need to think about Christ because we are so unthankful to Christ for what he's done for us, yet he is so gracious, so merciful, so kind to us day to day. Proverbs eleven seventeen, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Man, don't you find that true? When you're toxic to other people, we often find ourselves depressed and in a low spot. Colossians 3.12, Put on therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and longsuffering. Proverbs 31.26, Speaking of the virtuous woman, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Man, being kind brings us meaning. And lastly, giving God your best will ultimately give you meaning. If you're following God's purpose in your life, you're doing God's generic will for your life. However, you're not reading his word and you're not in prayer and you're not serving others. You're not going to be a person filled with meaning. You're going to lay in bed at night, and if you truly think about your life, you're going to have a life that doesn't have much meaning. Sure, you can think about your relationship with Christ, and that's wonderful, but you're not going to have a true sense of meaning in your life if you're not giving God your best. Colossians 3, 23-24, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. By the way, may I say this as a side note? If you're trying to live your life pleasing men, that's going to rob you of meaning as well. You can't live your life for what men think of you. You've got to live your life as unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Know you not that which uh, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. Colossians 3, 17, And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Christ. Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Uh, the main verse for this last one about giving God your best. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Christian, are you lacking that sense of meaning even though you're following your purpose? Turn your eyes upon Christ. And you need to get you need to start reading your Bible. You need to start praying. You need to start seeking God. And if you're doing those things, I've found at least in my life, God is going to give me meaning. If I'm kind to others, if I'm serving others, I'm giving God my best in the ministry that He has given me and the purpose that I'm living out day to day. God ultimately is going to give me those waterfall moments in my life where I sit back and I realize. Lord, you've blessed me to be here. Lord, I'm finding meaning in your purpose. God, thank you for placing me where you have me. Christian, turn your eyes upon Christ. If you're not saved, first two points of these of this message applies to you. Place your faith in Christ that you might find that ultimate meaning. And beyond all of that, if you're dealing with depression or despair today, know this, that your life inherently has meaning that God has created you for a reason, God has you alive for a reason right now, and God loves you ultimately more than you can ever imagine. There is hope.